Hey Cabin Lovers, have I got an episode for you. I had the awesome honor of getting to interview Warren about his log house, a house that I have fallen in love with and I know thousands of people have too because every time I share this house on social media, it goes viral. His story starts with a dream, just like all of us. As he puts it, there wasn't really anything fancy about he and his wife's life. They were just two people who made the dream come true. I told Warren in our interview that I have his house as the backdrop on my computer because I love it so much. But now I love it even more after hearing the personalized touches and little details about how this house came to be, how his dream came to be. Join me now, and when you're done, click the link in the show notes to visit the website to see pictures of this house. Hey, and remember, this episode is sponsored by Caribou Creek Log Homes. Okay, well, this is just a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for giving us your time and gracing us with your your story. I'm just so thrilled about hearing the story of your, your house and how it came to be. Um, so if you could please just start by telling us a little bit about you know, you and kind of when did you start wanting to live in a log home and how did your dream come to fruition? And just please, let's hear about your beautiful log house. Yeah, I I think it it all started as a little kid. Um, I've always loved nature and the outdoors, hunting and fishing. Um, And I remember I was thinking about this. Grizzly Adams was like a a, uh, first connection to, you know, real wildlife and remoteness and that came out when I was a little kid. And it was like one of the first movies I saw in a movie theater and uh, him living in his old little log cabin in the very remote wilderness is probably the first thought process that really interested me in it. And then along, you know, as I got older, um, it was always kind of the dream to live in a log house in the woods. I even wrote it down. I was in the army and uh i went to the army just for a few years knowing that that was just a transition piece of my life to get my army college fund and gi bill and and was homesick and thinking about you know what's beyond this what's what's my my dream and i wrote it down i wrote down that i wanted to live in a log home on 100 acres with a mile long driveway that was my my goal i wrote that down I was about 19 years old and uh always you know kind of was with me and um, I got married to my wife, Julie, and uh, her parents lived in Northwest Montana, a place called the Yak. Not too many people know where that is. You might know where it is, but uh, they lived on a ranch up there. They were caretakers of a ranch and every building up there, every home, shed, shop, garage, they're all log. And that kind of really sparked it in me to really start thinking about that dream again. And uh, we would go up there for every vacation possible, whether it be Christmas time or our summers and was talking to everybody about log homes and how they got them built and, and uh, really started, started that dream. We'd buy log home magazines before we'd go up there to visit. And, and we would talk through all of the different amenities we'd like and, I actually started drawing the design um, on the visits and really would get it in high gear and, you know, draft those designs while we're up there. And, and I kind of kept that going. Um, And it took about 10 years before we felt like we were ready to be able to uh, take the plunge and got serious about it and, and started, started the steps to make it happen. Well, I suppose it's true what they say that a written dream 
is more likely, I think they say it's 30 or 40% more likely to come true if your dream is written down than if you don't write it. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. I love hearing stories about when it started because it just seems to be a common theme with people who love log cabins. It's something that starts out on an early age or somewhere young in their life. They get this notion that that's what they want. And then when it comes to fruition, it's just so magical. I mean, that's just what's so awesome about it. (laughs) And I want to clarify, I didn't get the hundred acres in the mile long driveway, you know, but uh, we we live on 35 acres and it's seven tenths of a mile. So good enough. (laughs) Definitely. Well, and it's remote. And I think that's what, what your heart was after anyway, was just something secluded that still had the outdoors, but it sounds like you're close enough to town that it makes sense for you and your wife to still be able to work, right? Yeah, it's like best of both worlds. We're close to everything, but we can't see a neighbor. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Well, uh, what it, so just off subject, what's your favorite outdoor stuff to do? Like, what do you like to do around town? Um, I love to, I love to hunt and I love to fish. It's kind of the, my favorite things and, yeah. and go out to dinner. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, you know, since moving up here, I've only been to Coeur d'Alene twice. So oh, wow. I, it's, it's, I haven't gone down there and explored. I need to get down there and explore some more. So altogether, when you kind of came up with your dream, how long was it between the time that you and your wife really started planning it until it it really got serious and then even started to happen? About 10 years. Good 10 years of really, you know, thinking about it and drawing things and having the magazines and, and that type of thing. So during the time, was your wife as excited and on board as it as you were? Did it kind of create any conflict? I mean, did you guys just have the same visions and things just magically worked out? Or was there a little like back and forth, I suppose? Oh, always, always back and forth. There's got to be some some give and take and and probably all for the good. But, uh, um, you know, we, we, we did work together and, and get, get some alignment. And, and uh, we came up with, I think, something we both uh, are are just as happy with. Yeah, I agree. I know when my husband and I relocated, it was, you know, definitely, it's funny because you both have want the end result to be the same, but you just have different ideas on how to get there. So kind of working through those kinks along the way, it's interesting sometimes. <laughs> it can I be. did mess up though. She wanted logs in the, in the kitchen. Okay. And um, I knew that it was going to be difficult to mount cabinets and that type of thing. So um, I kind of moved forward without her uh, input and it was too late. So I got in a little trouble for that one. <laughs> well, it sounds like you can see the logs from the kitchen though, right? Oh yeah. They're yeah. all around. So it's a compromise. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about the journey kind of, were there any bumps along the way or, you know, um, hiccups that you had to work through to get to where, you know, to finally get the house? Sure. There was, there was, you know, a few, you know, no, nothing goes perfect. Um, when we were looking for our land, we, uh, purchased or we're in the process of purchasing what we thought was the ideal parcel. And while we were purchasing that, we recognized that there was another lot for sale attached to the one that we were buying. So we said, okay, let's buy both of them since they were attached and, but they were different sellers. And the primary lot that we were looking at was, was a 20 acre lot. And the, uh, the seller um, ended up backing out at the last minute. We got to mutual agreement with, with the, the man, the husband, but the wife wouldn't sign. So that fell through. And uh, 
we were like, shoot, this is where we're going to build the home. And we had this other parcel that went through. And uh, Julie had said, you know, uh, let's let's sell that. You know, we're kind of we were we were dejected and kind of a little upset. And and uh, I said, well, let's let's go and uh, take a look, really take a hard look at the other parcel that we we uh, purchased. And it had a long drive into it, and it was just a, a, a trail, basically. And he said, let's go camping out there. So we, we camped um, over a weekend, and uh, it was just a tent. And, and matter of fact, no, I think we slept out of the back of the Tahoe. And, uh, but we barbecued steaks and um, really enjoyed it and said, well, let's, let's make lemonade out of our lemons, you know. So the next week, I hired an excavator to come up and just clear off an acre where I thought the building site was. And we recognized that it had lake view, view of Coeur d'Alene. It was just beautiful. Wow. And uh, we decided, hey, let's let's stick with it. So that's that's what we did. How cool. It's funny sometimes how things work out almost better than you could have planned for them. Yeah. And this is um, a much better location than the other one. That's great. Yeah, it really turned out well. Was it difficult getting the well in? Was there any issue with water or anything like that? Well, well was good. We got a super duper produ- producing well, um, and we didn't have to go very deep. So that, that worked out pretty well. You know, the driveway being, you know, more than a half mile long was intimidating. And, you know, that took took a while and a fair amount of cost and um, yeah, that type of thing. But, uh, it, it you know, it worked out pretty well. It took us about a year to get the infrastructure in as far as the well, the road, and the septic system. So where were you staying during all that time? Now, that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why I think we were able to do it at such a young age is, you know, we were able to sacrifice and, and compromise. We both transitioned from the Seattle area at the same time with our current employers. And uh, Julie was the general manager of a retirement community in Coeur d'Alene. And uh, her company moved her over here. My company moved me over here. And uh, during our first six months, we lived in the third story of an unoccupied apartment in one of her communities. Oh. And then, <laughs> then we rented a home on the South Hill of, uh, of Spokane, which was, she was working and she said, go find us a place. We got to get out of the, the retirement community. So I went and found a place and not in the most desirable part of town. Um, we ended up living there for like a year and a half. And then during our build, um, we built our shop before the house was done. And we lived um, the last year in our shop. Okay, so I've only seen pictures. Is the shop, like when you first pull in, it's the shop and then you have this kind of driveway up to the house? Right, yeah, it's below, okay. the, it's below the house. It's about 150 feet from here down below. Okay. This. Yeah, now I see. All right, good deal. Yeah. So that I'm sure was able to happen because you guys, you hadn't had kids at the time. So that right. had to make it easier. I have four kids and I couldn't imagine living wow, in a right? small apartment. That would probably, I think I would go a little stir crazy. Yeah, we were doing it with a pet bunny. That's that's the only thing we had to manage. <laughs> well, those are pretty easy. We have a couple yeah. of those too. Okay, so then you're, you started the site and it took you a good year to year and a half to get the site prep done. And you guys were able to take your time during it, which must've been nice because it's better than feeling like rushed and everything has to be hurried. And right. Yeah. Right. 
And then, so how did you go about finding your contractor and finding all the people that you kind of put together, um, you know, to help you? And and you were the general contractor, correct? As a general contractor, I, I do construction um, as part of my 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 career. Um, it's not in home building or anything like that. I'm in major mechanical, electrical infrastructure on the commercial and industrial side, but I know the basics. Um, and I know a lot of the contracting community and those type of things. So I had a lot of connections to be able to help us out in that regard. Um, so, you know, went through the process. It was tough because it was during the, the last uh, housing boom, kind of like what we're going through right now with not enough contractors, you know, not enough homes, things are crazy busy. Um, but we did find some, you know, great craftsmen, um, good, good contractors, but there were some, some challenges and you always have challenges. I think in construction, it's never perfect being, you know, coming from the construction background though, I, I guess I anticipate those or I expect those to be kind of a normal part of the process. So maybe a little more, um, understanding that those things are going to happen. On that note, do you have any words of wisdom then based on your experience building and your, your career experience for people who might be kind of in the same boat today? Um, you know, what, what could they do to be mentally prepared or to kind of walk through that and, and what to expect? Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of tough. One, I already had that skill set in my toolbox, so that helps. But I did a lot of reading um, on building log homes. So I had some good, you know, resources and I actually taught my builders. So my builders didn't really know log homes very well. And uh, I, I provided them with guides and, and you know, the, the resources and I would photocopy how to, how to do trim for a settling home and, and those type of things. So, so that really did help, you know, those folks out. Um, that answer your question? That is, that's an important piece of the pie yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so how did you go about finding your log your log co home company, the crafters, yeah, and how um, build it? I, I interviewed three different um, groups. Two of them were independent uh, log home builders and Caribou Creek. And uh, the two independent log home builders, even though they they build beautiful homes, you know, it's you know one build per per year. They only do one home at a time. Um, their work was good, but you know, insurance was challenging and and uh, their timeline was going to be long and also I, I thought there's a lot of risk with that um, so and I met with those two individuals first to kind of get some background and understanding and then when I met with uh, you guys and identified you know one you're an established company you've got the resources um, I was able to see you know homes that were under build on, on your site uh, it ended up being a no-brainer yeah. So how did you decide on like the qualities of your home? You know, there's so many choices I think for people to make between Swedish Cope versus Chink style versus, uh, you know, the timber side, timber and the log sizes and all these little bits and pieces along the way. And obviously you had years to give it some thought. Um, kind of what kind of led you through to deciding on what is your house constructed out of? Yeah, and it is Chink style home. Um, we knew we wanted large logs, but we did have the opportunity, which is kind of rare to um, get our logs ourselves from um, the ranch up in, in uh, Yak, Montana. So they're, you know, nice. They're like a 16 inch mean. Um, some of them are up to 24 inches. 
Um, wow. So we knew we wanted some large, you know, logs kind of to show that that presence. Also, you know, wanted to have a handcrafted home that is, um, you know, unique and nothing's the same size. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the 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 milled logs. I just I don't don't care for that. I love to have the the, the custom um, hand, you know, built home. Um, and as far as the amenities go, um, I, I kind of thought of a funny story when, when you asked the question, you know, I was thinking early on when I'm going through my planning thinking, oh, the laundry room could have linoleum on the floor and, you know, those type of things. But when I got into the building, oh, the, the garage doors, yeah, we can just do metal garage doors. And, you know, as we started getting into um, really finalizing the design and, and really getting the picture, you know, in our head, recognize that, nope, you kind of need to have some nicer, more rustic, natural finishes. So, yep, there's, there's stone slate in the laundry room and we have cedar garage doors and all that good stuff. But that was kind of a, a wake up call for me as I was thinking for my original budget and planning. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that seems to be where people get the most surprise, I should say. Um, a, a lot of times when they're planning, they're not accounting for the, those upgrades and those little things. And even though, you know, their, their question is how much is it per square foot or how much is the house, the log portion. And then, like you said, when you start finishing it out, you realize like linoleum just pales in comparison to the coolness of the logs. You have to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you, 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 it has to match. It's got to go with the flow. That's wonderful. Well, you guys did a beautiful job designing it. Did you guys pick out all of like, what I love about your house is how everything ties together. You have tile and like this theme that just kind of flows throughout the home. It's not overbearing. It isn't overdone. It's very elegant, elegant rather, and uh, really good taste. I mean, did you guys hand select all these things or did you have help? No, well, well, we did. I think we just lucked out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, um, you know, we, we resourced a lot of magazines. I mean, we probably read a couple of hundred of them. Well, looked at the pictures and, uh, you know, really kind of picked out all those different uh, elements that we wanted. Um, and I think we just we we somehow did a did a good job, and uh, probably uh, give my wife the credit for kind of having that eye for um, flow and uh, even decorating and those type of things. Um, she's really got a good eye for it. Yeah, definitely. I especially like the copper. I don't know if it's copper. It looks copper to me, but it like is. the railing is it copper? Yeah. I really, what a cool idea, and and I like how it ties in around the logs at the base, like a baseboard around the logs. I don't even think I would have thought about doing something like that, and it looks stunning. Yeah, you know, kind of a funny thing. Um, when we, I knew that I had a plan for the the spindles for all of the railing. We had railing all over inside and out, and I think we've got three hundred lineal feet of railing. And um, we wanted to, you know, get to where we could move in the house. I hadn't figured out what my design was. And I ended up uh, putting in chicken wire in all the railings. And it was a chore, actually, you know, staple all that in. But I did that to get um, certificate of occupancy. It passed. The inspector didn't like it very well. He was like, well, I can't not accept this because you got every square inch covered and it is theoretically legal, um, and we did that. And I think he was at the end of the driveway, and I was pulling it out. 
<laughs> and uh, ended up, you know, that's, those were projects that we did did later was uh, do the inside and outside. So outside I did uh, this black aluminum and inside is all copper, polished copper that I polished all myself and got a spiral um, design on it by by doing it in a drill and then wow. uh, clear coat lacquered it and and uh, got it in. It was kind of a, a rewarding, very rewarding project. Yeah, and it's really gorgeous too. It's such a unique thing. You just don't see that anywhere else. Okay, so I know we've like been all over the place. I want to go back to kind of how you, the floor plan. How did you map out the floor plan? You said you'd been drawing it. You'd been uh, pencil sketching some things. You finally decided on Caribou Creek. How did that process evolve? Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, you know, we we went through again with the magazines and found different floor plans that we liked, and they kind of mixed and matched, and and uh, ended up coming up with our own kind of custom layout. Um, and then uh, we had an appointment with uh, you guys after we we decided to move forward and uh, scheduled a design meeting. And uh, I had sent you guys my, my sketches and you didn't laugh or throw me out of the, the place. So that was good. And uh, we sat down after your CAD designer at least had taken the drawings and put it, put it in, uh, in CAD. And uh, we sat down, it was like a six hour session and went through and uh, pretty much everything that I'd put down was represented in this design, which was really cool. Um, and you guys added some suggestions because I didn't put in uh, covered porches and uh, maybe the, the uh, how deep the eaves are and, and obviously some structural posts that needed to be there because we couldn't, you know, have a completely open floor plan. But uh, um, you guys did an awesome job in regards to uh, putting that together and, and reflecting what, what our plan was. That's great. And, and part of your floor plan design was to have a mother-in-law suite off of, or I suppose that's what they call it, a guest suite off of the um, home. And you have that in over the garage, but it, but that has access to the main house. Is that right? Yep. It yeah. does. So our, you know, our plan was um, to, build the guest suite because we thought Julie's mom was potentially going to move in with us. Um, her dad had recently passed just before we started our build and we didn't think she was going to manage the ranch. So we said, Hey, we'll build a place for her to live. And uh, we, we built that fully, um, you know, complete. So it's got its own washer dryer, outside entrance, full kitchen, the whole nine yards. And we built it so that like it's two houses, joined by our foyer and even the um light fixtures inside the foyer match the outdoor fixtures and the um, we did cedar lap siding above the logs on both so it's almost like it's two houses that were built separately with the foyer then built in to attach the two together so that's kind of, nice i mean that neat. gives them this privacy basically and and right. also <laughs> right exactly <Outside>. and <laughs> And we use it, you know, when, when family comes to visit or guests come to visit, it's great. And they can be over there and, and have their, their own space and feel more comfortable. And we're not sharing the same refrigerator and that type of thing. So it, mm -hmm. it works out really well. It's a real nice amenity to have. Yeah, I bet it is. Okay. So speaking of amenities, after you got everything finished, hindsight, obviously being 2020, is there anything you would do different if you could redo it? 
Yeah, there's, you know, I think we did a pretty doggone good job. There's, you know, in the things that I think that we would add are more luxury type items. I think the mechanical system, even though the me mechanical system is great, um, it's a propane boiler with in-floor heating. Um, so really good um, uh, comfort and efficiency. I would like to have done a, a geothermal just because they're a higher level of efficiency, but I was, I think I was rushed because um, as you're talking about those design elements, as my contractors are working, I'm trying to figure out which way do I want the tongue and groove to go. I mean, every element I was having to figure out. So that was a, a little challenging. The other thing I wish I'd put in, which I still could, is a um, whole house generator. That would just been a nice amenity to have um, a mechanical room and a, uh, and a little wine cellar are probably the things that I would probably do in the, in the next build. And a bigger shop, right? Oh yeah. And a bigger <laughs> shop. Of course. I can't get my boat in it. <laughs> you never have to make enough shop. <laughs> That's for sure. So, and I know that, that uh, power grid thing is important, especially out here. It seems like a power goes out and sometimes it could be out for a few days and you don't know when it might come back on. Exactly. Yeah. We did put in a uh, generator transfer switch. Okay. So I could take a portable generator and still power everything we need in the house. So when that does happen, we are still, we have heat, we have lights, refrigerators and freezers work. So it, it does your works. well work off of that? Yep. The well does as well. That's great. I need to get one of those. <laughs> when, we, when our power goes out, we're out. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> yeah. You want water. Yeah. So after all said and done, do you have a favorite part of your house? Wow. Yeah, probably the shower. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Well, I have it. What size is your shower? It's it's like a I don't know six foot by six foot square on the inside. That is nice. And, yeah, it's all stone, and it's stone that uh, Julie and I went and uh, picked out of the mountains. Um, just you know, slate and and uh, you know that's just kind of a nice you know it's a walk in, no shower curtain. Um, it's just a, a nice amenity. I, I, I like, um, yeah. you know, there's other parts, obviously the, the, the great room and the kitchen and how that all flows together and how, how open it is, is, you know, another element. Mm -hmm. And one thing just to add, you know, about, about the log home and why a log home and what, what I love about it is it's in some sense really fancy, but you can also come in with your hunting boots on. You know, it's, and it's kind of our personality, you know, it's down to earth, you know, flannel shirt, kind of comfortable. Mm -hmm. Warren, I didn't realize you guys had so much of your house that you've put your heart into. I mean, picking the logs from the ranch your, your mother-in-law was staying at. I mean, that is a connection right there. You've picked out your stone, you, you hand uh, polished the copper, that is just such an amazing, I don't know, it changes the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's no longer just a house. It's a home. It's part of you. And I understand you've toyed with selling it. How did you come to that after all of that, uh, yeah, I, I guess, emotion I goes into it at that I'll, point? I'll cry when it sells. I can imagine. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it's just, you know, kind of transition time of life, um, looking to retire and you know it's two of us in a 5500 square foot home so 
she's always trying to recruit me to help clean on the inside. And I always think there's a lot of things to do outside, you know? So um, it's just a, you know, a thought of, of the next chapter. Now we'll probably build again in, in our next chapters, very, very likely just um, similar, but uh, smaller. Mm-hmm. I meant to ask you what species of log did you end up with? They're Engelman spruce. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so is your home currently listed or is it one of it the is. things you're just kind of, oh, it yep. is. It just, okay. just listed it. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, we'll yep. link it into the show notes for anybody who's listening if they're interested. Um, yeah, now I'm, I'm sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know all of this. Like I'm so interested. First of all, your your home is so beautiful. It's one of the first ones when I started working at Caribou. I said, oh, these pictures are gorgeous. I have it as a backdrop on my um, computer because I live in a log home. My dream was to live in a log home and I'm planning my next home as a, as a new construction too. Awesome. So I look at all the floor plans and I think about it. Well, it's also one of the most popular homes and and to hear all of the the things that you guys have put into it it just makes it even more special and i can only imagine what a treat somebody will have to be able to carry that torch so to speak and hopefully it's somebody who loves log cabins as much as you guys there you go yeah well, I can't thank you enough for your time. I mean, this has just been a wonderful story and uh, I just, I'm just truly grateful. I'm grateful to have the chance to talk to you. I hope this uh, has been equally rewarding. It has been likewise, really appreciate it. Wonderful, well, thank you so much. We're gonna go ahead and link the notes uh, to your listing. And okay. uh, you know, do you have any last words of wisdom for people who are out there maybe they're in the beginning stages. They're still in the dream phase. You know, maybe some words of encouragement. Yeah, you can absolutely do it. Um, you know, we we were regular working folks that uh, you know we were smart with with um, our finances and made sure we saved well. But uh, just regular, you know, good professional jobs, and we did some hard sacrifices in in regard to like where we lived, you know, along the way and during the build and doing as much as we could ourselves. Um, but if you have the dream and you've got the drive and passion, um, you know, you can, you can definitely do it. Wow. Well, thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of my dream log cabin until next week.